Okay, here we are. We made it. Our sixth podcast here on my wonderful show. Well, I think it's wonderful. <laughs> Comics Karma. Glad to have you come aboard. Uh, our last guest was Grace Fraga. Now we're here with uh, good old Steve Roy. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, and uh, boy, I just... Uh, it's just weird that uh, we started this a few months ago, and uh, now it's, I'm finding out that I'm getting older. It is my birthday next week. Wow, uh, Monday. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Heard you're going to be 62. Whoa, not that much, but I, I'm getting up there. And, um, you know, I noticed that uh, getting older, I can tell when I'm getting older because I'll be putting on the uh, radio, and, you know, there's pop, and there's... Reggae and there's all kinds of music out there, and I love oldies stations. Like and uh, well, basically, I was uh, listening to some oldies stations, and I had a couple songs come on, and uh, a song came on, and I go, "Oh my God, it's Barry Manilow." Now you can tell you're getting older when you know that it's Barry Manilow from the '70s. <laughs> Not only do I know that it's Barry Manilow, I know the words. How scary is that? <laughs> I don't you know, know any of his music, I'm so I feel good. You, I'm telling you, it's just, you know, you got Copa, Copa Cabana. I do know and, that. Uh, oh, damn. You know, oh, Mandy. Oh, oh God. I write the songs that make the whole world. Oh, jeez. I know the words. I know it's Barry Manilow. I'm getting freaking old. Yeah, you are getting old. Oh, Because you just you. did three lines from some of the songs. <laughs> exactly, you are exactly. Exactly. I knew the chorus, but that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, you got the monkeys, you know, and all those kind of old songs from the 60s on, and now we're going back to when I was a little kid. Oh, boy. <laughs> 1960s, you know. Daydream believer. God bless me. Oh, boy. Oh, man. You are really old, oh, dude. I'm telling you, man, Steve. It's uh, crazy. You know, yeah, and uh, we're from, you know, I'm from Rochester, New York, and... Um, I'm a 716, baby. He's 716. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Steve Wilson here, and he's from uh, Buffalo. And uh, it's funny, you know, being from Rochester and Buffalo and Syracuse and Utica and all those areas up there. That um, if you guys don't know the audience listening, that if you haven't been there, basically all people do is they bowl, eat chicken wings, and watch football and get and drunk hockey, and, and, hockey. and and hockey a few little hockey drunk. And they're all Italian. Yeah, all my friends' names. Were Joey, Frank, and Sal all the time. It's like, hey, Johnny, how you doing? I'm doing good, Sal. What are you doing? I'm oh, nothing. When you come on over, I say, yeah, have some freaking sauce. Have some meatballs. All right? <laughs> oh, my God, Sal. He's like, hey, come on. Say hi to Frankie. Good. Hey, Frank, how you doing? I'm doing good. Want to go bowling? Want to have some chicken wings? Oh, jeez. There you go. The thing about Italians... <laughs> Thinking about Italians, that you know, on the weekends there's only two things that they do. On the weekends, they either have go to weddings with like 700 people, you know. Oh, I'm getting married, yeah, and uh, Aunt Rosie's gonna be there, Maria's gonna be there, okay. And uh, you want to come? Yeah, we're gonna. What are you gonna have? Pasta and sauce, of course. <laughs> or they have funerals. They say, Sally, you want to go out? Oh no, you know, your cousin Nikki died. Yeah, I'm gonna go to a funeral. It's like um, we go to a wedding after that, though. So it's either weddings or funerals. It's what are you in a Colleyon family? You just <laughs> described all of that. <laughs> I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, it's freaking crazy, Are man. You a soprano? What is this? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Godfather. Right. You know, look at that thumb to my bone. Right. Look at that. But the thing is that you know about uh, being Rochester and and uh, having these guys. At least these guys have names, because if you haven't noticed, uh, people can get lazy. I met a guy in a park, and uh, we're talking about my dog, my dog Rocky, and things like that. I love my dog. And we're hanging out, and finally, after like two or three minutes, I asked his name, and he said, "Guy." I go, "Really? Really?" So, matter of fact, you have lazy parents, right? Is that it? Then I, he said, "Yeah, my name is Guy." I go. Then I asked what his father's name was. He says, "Buddy." Oh my God! They can't even come up with a regular freaking name like John or Steve, like us in this recording studio. Okay, his buddy, guy, sister, whatever. Freaking crazy, these guys. <laughs> what makes me laugh at what you just said is, I just did a show last night with one of my best friends. His name was Guy, Guy Tory, And I just hung up the phone before I got here on the phone with my buddy, Buddy Lewis. It was his birthday, so I called him to say, happy birthday to Buddy. And then you say these two names. and <laughs> There you go, exactly. We buddy. were meant to be here together. Today. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Oh, man. So, well, let me welcome my guest who's been talking already with me here, which and we're already having laughing or haven't even started yet, and we're still laughing. So, uh, good old uh, Steve Wilson's here. Welcome, Steve. Hey, what's happening? I'm clapping for myself. I tricked everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This guy's good. Yeah, it's me clapping. Yeah. <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs> He's good. He's good. <laughs> so... It's funny, you know. I start. Uh, I just heard about you a few days ago from uh, from Cindy, and um, and uh, she, the second she told me that you were from Buffalo, I go, man, uh, I gotta I gotta talk to this guy because we have a lot in common. My brother brother married a girl from Buffalo. He lives in Batavia. Wow, Batavia. I know. And of course, like I said, I'm from Rochester, from Rochester, New York, right. which is an hour away. Um, but. Um, and I got into stand-up comedy back then, back in the '80s, doing uh, doing Me a too. couple of small little bars there, here and there. Mm-hmm. That's when it was getting big, you know, '83, '84, '85. Yeah, 85. comedy was really big. Yeah, huge, huge back then. That's what kind of motivated to get into it. And then, um, but you told me, Steve, that you got in, involved in comedy at nine years old. I know I started doing impressions and getting kicked out of the library at nine years old, and. How, how did that happen? Uh, how did you get into that? Well, um, my grandfather uh, got cable television. Back then it was called, it was actually called Home Box Office. It wasn't HBO. It was called Home Box Office. Oh, yeah, Office. Home Box Office, right. And right. he ran a cable from his house to our house so we can actually get cable. So basically I'm telling on your show that I used to steal cable, but <laughs> I digress. And, it's okay. And he, he put it on for me. And I used to have like this 13-inch black black and white TV. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, the first movie I ever saw was uh, Nighthawks with uh, Billy D. Williams. Oh, and I love that Stallone. movie. Yeah. And I'll never forget my movie. mother was in the kitchen and she was making yeah. hot dogs. Yeah. And I heard him say, I want that bastard. And my mother was like, <laughs> what are you in there watching? <laughs> And, and I was crazy. like, he said bastard. <laughs> said, I'm a bastard. That's great. <laughs> and because um, my father left. But anyway, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I later on that it's night. It's a great movie. Nobody ever talks about oh, that movie. Oh, it's a great film. I was actually thinking about why have they not made a remake of that 
or an, another edition with that with Stallone and, and somebody else, you know? Right, you know. I, I, swear, don't... I don't know why. They, that was a great freaking movie. Grateful. Rugger Howard was the bad guy. Yeah. But, but yeah, anyway, cut to yeah. I um, I had earlier on, I had seen this guy, man, and his name was um, Robert Klein. Mm-hmm. And he had this joke called "I Can't Stop My Leg." This is oh, yeah. this is about 1979, mm-hmm. and it was the funniest thing I had ever seen in my life. And I was like, "I I want to be this man." Mm-hmm. And then I thought it was so funny, but I had forgotten about it. But then when I got cable, it came on again, and he came on. And I was like, "Wait, man, that's the guy." And I remember right. laughing like it was the first time I ever saw this, and I wanted to be Robert Klein because he's I can't stop my leg. Oh yeah, and he had the harmonica. And he oh went, yeah, yeah. And I just thought classic. it was the funny. I can't stop my leg. Yeah. And then later on, I saw um, Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. and I just I had never seen someone talk this way because I mean you know Robert Klein is like completely different from Richard Pryor. Oh yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. I saw this man, and I was like, wow, this is just like, and I remember watching, growing up in the hood, you never, you rarely saw people smile. Nobody was ever happy. Mm. I mean, the adults, you know, you can, because they, they make the kids go away. Kids mm. are supposed to be seen and not heard. Mm. So I never really saw them happy. And I remember one time watching Richard Pryor and watching all of my aunts and uncles and, like, my mother, I mean, bent over laughing so hard. And they were smiling. And I was mm. like, wow, these people are happy. Yeah. And I was like, How, I want to be like this. Well, I can make them happy. Well, I don't have to be in the room and they would. Right. And I made, I made a decision that I wanted to do what these guys did. And then I, after that, I saw um, Sam Kennison. Mm, yeah. And it changed my life. And I was like, I'm definitely going to do this. Hmm. And then uh, I never forget 1986, HBO did in uh, uh, for New Year's. They ran every HBO special that they ran that year. So I got a chance to watch. On on a VCR, remember VCR? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Paul Rodriguez, mm-hmm. um, Elaine Boozler, Buddy Hackett, Bobcat Goldthwait. Um, um, I my mind just drew a blank, but yeah. a list of comics and yeah, I those are classic studied. Comics. Yeah, it's... I studied all of because I wanted to be. Like with Jerry Seinfeld, how he go on there, like you know, what I mean? and then the dog is—he was wagging his oh, tail. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted I can't to be it right. And then yeah. I, I saw Paul Rodriguez right. when he's—you know—he talked basically like you know, even though he's a, 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 a oh, 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 and Don Marrero was there too. Oh yeah, Don Marrero. And Don Marrero had a little yeah. Petey and then and, and you know, regular Petey, irregular right. Petey. And I thought right. that was like, wow, he's talking about his family. Like, what if I talk about these nuts? Because you know, my family's out there. Right. And I just studied these people, and how I got into comedy was the one I remember. I was uh, 15 years old, and I was in a basement, and I was writing my act. And I was like, "I'm gonna work this out," mm-hmm. and not knowing my mother was upstairs listening to me because she can hear me actually laughing. So she don't know I'm working on my act. She just think I'm downstairs She's having laughing, a yeah, he's having a meltdown. Right. He's down there talking to himself and having right. a meltdown. So I told her one day she put me aside. I said, "Well, what are you doing down there?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm writing. I'm be a comedian." And she's like, "Oh." She didn't believe me. Right. One day I came home from school and it was two white dudes sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. And she's like, they want to talk to you. And I was like, about what? And he's like, so you want you really want to be a comedian? So I'm thinking, she think I'm crazy and they about to take me away. Right, right. But it was basically some, uh, it was a club called the take Comedy me away. Trap. Ha, ha, he, ha, yeah. yeah, so it was a place called the Comedy Trap Comedy Club. And they asked me that I want to do a talent competition. So I'm like, I'm really not thinking they're there for that. So I called their bluff. I'm like, yeah. 
Because I was prepared. I had written a 15-minute act, and I knew once I got in front of a crowd, I was going to kill it. And this is Buffalo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my first show was at the convention center, downtown Buffalo. Wow. About maybe three, 400 people there. And that was your first show? First show. And I killed it. I killed it so much, they took me out of the competition and asked me to host the rest of the show. Really? Yeah. And how how old were you? I was 17. 17, 17, wow. first time on stage. Damn, yeah. I'll never forget it. It was really January 28th, 1987. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And two years later, uh, I mean, I, dro- I dropped out of high school because I said, this is what I want to do. Right. I got my GED. Right. And I moved, I moved out here to L.A., and naturally I failed. I uh, <laughs> I got bumped by Yakov Schmirnoff at the comedy oh, store. Oh, jeez. And I mean, what a country, you know, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I haven't seen him in a long time. I was time, at the comedy right? store, and yeah. it was a comic that you might know, Eddie Brill. Came, I heard Eddie, he, yes. came, he came to Buffalo, right. and he saw me. He's like, hey, man, you really have something. If you really want to do this, I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget Eddie for this. When I moved out here, I called him, mm-hmm. and he took me out to the comedy store in the Laugh Factory, and he said, put this kid up. And wow. they had my name on the wall at the comedy store. I'll never forget. Really? And I was sitting there, and I was next, and I was ready to go, and I was all excited. I was nervous. Yeah. Uh, George Michael was sitting in the front row with uh-huh. two two pretty girls. He had these earrings in his ear. I was like, really, George I, Michael? I gotta really get, yeah, he, was, he had girls with him, too. He was faking. Girls, and, uh, I was going to say. I was gonna yeah, but say. he had two earrings, and I was like, I want to get He doesn't two. like girls, but they yeah, were, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and just before they introduced me, the manager taps me on the shoulder and says, uh, yeah, kid, um... We're going to have to put you up a little later or maybe tomorrow. Uh, Yakov Shmirnov just came in the house. And I was like, what does that mean? Oh, it was man. like, yeah. I was like, what? I don't understand what it means. I'm yeah, bumped. It, what does bumped mean? Yeah, yeah. He goes up, does like a half hour. Ah. Oh. And yeah. So then I yeah, finally. That's what happens. I'm 17 years old and I finally get up stage about maybe 1.30 in the morning. Ah. Oh, so yeah. cut to it's maybe 13, 14 people in the audience now because they all left. And I go upstairs, yep, that's and, what happens, yeah. <laughs> and I tell my jokes, and I get a couple of laughs. But it, to the bartender, the, yeah, the, right, right, right. <laughs> so the dream is gone because you know it's yeah. like you know, but yeah, it's pretty cool. That was uh, my introduction to comedy. What made me, you know, start? Yeah. Wow. And so you kept on going after that, after that, and then. Uh, yeah, I I moved back to Buffalo because it was too hard for me. For oh, I did. Okay. Seventeen year old kid. Right. And my mother said you gotta have something to fall back on, so she made me go to college. I'm like, well. College, obviously, it didn't work. I dropped out of high school, but yeah, yeah. I went to Buffalo State College for uh, four semesters, uh-huh. and the bug was just killing me. Yeah, I got in a comedy competition and I took like third place, and I said I might be good at this, you know. Right. So I moved to New York to do comedy, and I got booed at Showtime at the Apollo. Huh. And uh, that's that's one of the things that changed me as a person because. In New York, it's a it's, big, pretty big venue. Yeah, oh yeah, it was, it was, it's huge. It was on national television. Yeah, I was gonna say I remember watching yeah. that on TV. And um, Night at the Apollo. And I remember uh, Sinbad was the host at the time. Oh yes. Yeah, and I touched the log, and as I was walking to the stage, they was they start booing me. Really? I mean, booing me. I hadn't even reached the microphone. You didn't even get done the mic. Oh my! You gotta but, be kidding me. But that was the New York changed me because uh, that was the first time I saw homeless people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've heard of. Like, growing up in Buffalo, they used to just call them bums. Right. But I didn't know that didn't mean that they didn't have a home. Right. Like, you, I would get on a train and see people sleep there, and I'm like, well, you know, and, you know, my ignorance, I'm like, well, what, what the right. hell is he doing? You know, like, right. no, he, uh, this is his house. I'm like, what do you mean? This is the train. 
and it was like you know so i remember i i moved back home to buffalo because that didn't work either because i was like maybe 19 by this time but i still didn't have what it takes to yeah you're still a 19 year old kid yeah. yeah and i moved back to buffalo i remember asking my mother i was like do we have homeless people here and she started laughing like of course and being hmm. the, the ignorant kid i was i was like i gotta do something about this i can't not on my watch you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I um I started a fundraiser with the uh, local radio station, and uh, I raised money and got clothes and food for the homeless for 13 years. Really? Before uh um, I moved to Orlando to uh, save some money, become the house MC of the or- of the Orlando Improv. You moved into Orlando? Yeah, I lived in Orlando. <laughs> so did I. Yeah, wow. This dude is stalking me. You gotta me. be kidding <laughs> me, man. You gotta be kidding me. I was the house He's, MC. I didn't of know the- this till till now. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I did not know this until right now. I lived in Orlando for four years. I'm actually going to Orlando next month to visit my friends. Wow. Because I haven't been there in 12 years. Hilarious. Seriously. So, but here's the thing. So you left 12 years ago from Orlando? I left. No, I left. In, oh. I left from. I lived there from 88 to 92. Oh, okay. All right. And then I lived in, in Miami from 92 to 98. Then I moved out here. But I was talking to my friends from Orlando, and they said, John, we haven't seen you in so long. Come out and visit. I said, okay. So I'm going to visit my mom in Miami, but I'm going to go to Orlando first, and they take Southwest, you know, one-hour flight right, to, right, right, right. to there. So I'm going to do the Orlando-Miami thing. And uh, I love Orlando. It's one of the oh, best times of my life. Old Town, man. I, Time, mine, too. Man. I lived in Orlando from uh, 02 to 03. Oh, okay. Just, just one year then. Yeah. Okay. And that was the best time of my life, which turned into the the dark part of my life, mm. where I was homeless for three months after I left Orlando. So, mm. we're gonna get to that in a second. Just really quick, um, tell me about um, how your mom and uh, you said your mom, like my mom, is the same. Uh, very your spir- mom's a minister. Spiritual. Well, not a minister, oh. but she's <laughs> yeah, okay. but she's uh, religious and spiritual. Um, your mom, so your mom was a, a minister? She, she's a minister right now. She is. She's retiring from her job from the State Department of New York in August, and she's going to come full-time to the church. She's already the chaplain at um one of the hospitals. I can't remember which one it is because mm-hmm. I'm a horrible son. But she's a chaplain at the hospital. Like when someone dies, she gets up in the middle of the night and go there and comfort the family. Oh, and wow. then they get up and, and then go straight to work. Hmm. Yeah. That's great. That shows a really sweet uh, part of her, you know, to kind of do that and uh, you said you had brothers you said I have uh, one brother with my mother and my father I had um, two brothers and a sister Um, so my sister um, just died not too long ago I don't know how Um, no I do actually I do know how I think uh, they told me um, domestic violence or her boyfriend killed her or something like that. But I never really knew her like that. We would always okay, see was... that. Yeah, I don't really know her like that. Okay. Like, my father's kids, I don't know. Like, I met Jamie, and I met her, but I don't know Ronald. Like, uh, Ronald lives in Oakland somewhere, and mm-hmm. and Jamie I met because when I first got on the radio in Buffalo, I was trying to be... <laughs> you you hear this, this uh, the theme here. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be super brother, so I, was, I called and said, look, I'm on the radio, I'm doing some positive things. I heard he's my brother. I want to be his role model. Mm. And his mother was like, no, you look like your father. Jump out of the lake, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then he ended up getting shot in the face on a drug deal. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man. Yeah. yeah. 
Welcome yeah. to the Wilsons, baby. I'm telling you. <laughs> Welcome to Steve Wilson life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Domestic violence in yeah. my sister's death. Uh, my brother shot in the face. He's still alive, but I don't know what he does. And but my other brother with my mother, he's he's good. His name is Lawrence. I know him. Now is he into you know entertainment or anything like that? Uh, he's a he's a promoter. He does like like, like miniature concerts and stuff. Happy mm-hmm. entertainment he has. Mm-hmm. He's in Buffalo. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now is your mom funny? Because not at all. Really? Because I get I get my sense of humor, I, seriously, from my mom. My mom is hysterical, and it's like I look at her and it's like oh. Now I know why I like to do impressions and make people laugh, because my mom does that. Does that? I always joke around all the time. No, not at all. She wants to be funny now because I'm a comedian, but she's not. My sense of humor comes from Robert Klein. I think he was the first person <laughs> to 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 channel it out of me. Like Robert Klein is my father, basically. He doesn't know <laughs> this, but he's my dad. You know. <laughs> so, you never met him, though, right? Never met him yet. No. Okay. I yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to tell him and shake his hand and tell him thank you. Robert, come here. I can't stop my leg. Right, right, right. He'll look you at me like, oh, yeah, exactly. just, yeah, just go to him and say, excuse me. I can't stop my leg. <laughs> right. I can't stop my leg, Robert. Right, right. <laughs> Leave me alone, Steve. Right. Um, <laughs> no, he'll be like, security, get him out of here. Yeah, that's security, get him out of here, man. I'm Robert freaking Klein. Yeah, man. no, my mother's not funny at all, no. Now, she uh, very, 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 very religious. That's good. Very, and you know she'll, uh, you know, she's not as bad as when I was younger. Like I, when I first she pushed the Bible on you. Oh, when I first moved out here on Sundays, I used to get biblical whoopings. Man, it would be hor- <laughs> to the point where I wouldn't. And it's, you should never say this, but I would. I see her calling on my phone and be like, "Oh man, it's Sunday." Oh. <laughs> <sighs> You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm laying in bed with some strange girl, like, shh, my mom on the phone, be quiet. She can't yeah, yeah. know we do this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I also just saw on, on Oprah, uh, Kevin Hart, uh, that he was pushed. His mother was very religious, too. Kevin is a great guy. You Kevin know, and I, you know, Kevin, to, yes, we used to be in the same men's prayer group, really. Me, Kevin Hart, Odin Polonese, Guy Tory, and wow. Arif Kenshin, uh. Uh, Raphael, it used to be a bunch of us. We have a men's prayer group. We was trying to become better men, so we would drive down to Manhattan Beach and just talk through your, the problems that you go through as being a black man, mm-hmm. and then trying to figure out how we can become better men and role models for the young black youth, and then just pray on it. So we used to be in the same men's prayer group. That's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. It didn't work. Yeah. Every time I turn on the news, there's another black dude getting shot. I'm like, I think we failed, guys. <laughs> I think we failed. You know? <laughs> Well, but Kevin Hart's a great guy. Was, he is. Yeah. He seems like a very nice guy, man. Yeah, he is. I mean, the, 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 what I love about Kevin is it's not all about him. Mm-hmm. Like, Kevin Hart has 15 guys on salary, and all of them are eating. Mm. I'm like, here's a guy who makes, you know, who knows how many millions he makes right. per film. Right. right. But he takes each one, and these are guys he grew up with and friends. Mm-hmm. He makes sure that each one of them is a producer on the film. So they get a check regardless. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. And then he he took uh um um Keith Robinson, he gave him a showtime, I mean a Comedy Central special mm-hmm. because that was his uh mentor when he was growing up. Okay. Keith took one of his wings, so he got him a showtime special. He took the plastic cup boys, which is uh Joey Wells, uh Spank and uh Naeem Lynn, and he put them on Comedy Central just last week to make sure they get out there. He doesn't just take people and Try and give money. He makes. He gives you an opportunity. Right. And he just got David Arnold. He just sold a show to uh, Hulu. Is it Hulu? 
I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. The one name, of those, yeah. either Hulu right. or, or like like Netflix, one of those. But he just right, so right, helped him right. sell the show. Right. He helps yeah. other people get to. He's not one of those guys who just wants to be with the light is all mine. He's trying to put other people on so they they can eat too. So I respect that about that's Kevin. Great. Yeah. You see, okay, and again, this is kind of gets back to why I'm doing this podcast, and it's all again the comics karma. The reason Kevin Hart is so um, doing so well is because right he gives back in a big way. In a big like way, everybody that I know that's the in this circle, back, they're buying homes, and you know how expensive homes are here in Southern California. Oh, yeah, it's not worth it nothing, to me. Nothing less than half a million. I mean, yeah, yeah well, that's for a condo. A yeah, home, yeah, you're right. A, a, home, a, home, a right. half a million for a home here. You live you're in right. Compton. Stop it. You know that. <laughs> and I don't think you'll do well in a Compton. They're looking at you like, hello, officer. They wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. here comes an Italian officer. Yeah, he's going yeah, to yeah. he's he's kill us right now. Right? You look like you have a snitch on your forehead in the hood. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do good in Compton. Like, hello, snitch. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, snitch? How you doing, man? <laughs> that would be your no, nickname. I, 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 yeah. It's John. That's snitch. Yeah. What are you doing? Come on, man. You're a snitch. Get yeah. out of here, man. Yeah. You wouldn't do good in the hood. No, I'm just yeah, no. no. <laughs> You're right. You need like a million dollars. Hey, y'all, I'm Italian. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make me some spaghetti snitch. That's what they're saying to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring some here. Yeah, bring some cannolis, okay? Come on. <laughs> All right. Cannoli this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. I didn't know you knew Kevin Hart. No, no, Very that's, well. That's fantastic, yeah. man. Yeah, I was really impressed when I saw that interview with him. Yeah. And it's like, I really wanted to, because they didn't know anything about him, so I wanted to kind of, you know, listen to what that is. So that's pretty amazing. So you went through starting nine years old, you know, going through um, getting into comedy and moving out here 17 years old, and then uh, your mom and all that, and then uh, you know, moving to Orlando. Um, but at that time, you mentioned that uh, you went through some pretty pretty tough times. It's like... Um, yeah. As everyone knows, that listens <laughs> to to this, that um, you know, the thing, thing about comedians is that it's not always fun. <laughs> it's not all about laughter. No, not at all, bro. Um, you hear the horror stories. Unfortunately, I didn't want to bring them up, but you know, Robin Williams and uh, these other people. Greg you know, Geraldo. So Greg Geraldo, exactly. You no. know, and uh, it's pretty. Richard Jenny. Yeah, we, we I totally lost forgot. A lot of, that's we, right, yeah, Richard Jenny. We lost Jenny. a lot of people. Who I just, totally forgot, know. Richard Jenny. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that uh, it's it's a tough life, and most of the comedians, as you know, the people I hang out with, and I do stand up for you know over twenty years now. Um, a lot of them are pretty bummed out and depressed, and they go on stage to try to alleviate that and get rid of that. Not all of them, but a lot of them uh, yeah, do. Yeah, there's you know? a, a great it's portion that whole of thing, us. You know, yeah, there's a, and I mean, I think all of us, if you if you really, if you really get into the business, you will reach a point where you will be depressed. I mean, I think it's a part, it's part for the course. You yeah. know, I mean, I've had my moments where I mean, I was just like, like, wow, this is just like you know, the one thing about living in L.A. I can't really speak for New York City comics too much, but everything that you desire. Is right in your face. You see it every day. Right. You know, you you you, you, uh, you see a commercial on TV that you remember auditioning for. Right. You know, every audition you go on, you know this is the one that will give me some breathing room. Right. Like where I can make my bills. This, 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 this is my impression of every actor and comedian in L.A. If I could just book this, 
this right here will just give me where I can pay my bills and I can do this and I can just relax for a minute because it's just so much going on. Exactly. And you turn it's down It's an ongoing, all the time, you know? nonstop freaking thing yeah. out here. Yeah. And it just drives you crazy, which is why time goes so damn fast. I mean, that's what makes time it go fast. It takes a really, really, really strong person. You have to develop a callus. You really do. You know. Really do. It's all rejection. Yeah. And if you can get through that, and um, yeah, the whole thing, yeah, is to follow your, um, you know, follow your, but you know, you're right. following your passion, Steve, right. and so am I, and um, you know, and put it out there. And most people don't even do anything; they just wait for the agent to call. And, yeah, no, the one thing you know, about that kind of thing, you have, going to, out you have there, to work. The you reason work, your yeah. agent gets ten percent because that's all the work they're gonna do. Yeah, everything basically. is on you. Exactly. You have to. Uh, get these things and then pass over to them because they have the letterhead, you know. Exactly. Like they have Gersh on a piece of paper that'll make it, you know, but it's on you to do it. If you think, like, there's a lot of people out here, I hear them say, man, if I got an agent or a manager, things would be bad. I'm like, no, dude, that's not how it right. works. That's, right. You're wrong. Right, you make it I have, I'm with Gersh right now. Mm-hmm. I have an agent. And, and dude, this is... <laughs> They yeah. do 10% of the work. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah Gersh is a really good agency, and yeah, that's it. That's I'm, I, I know it's it's the first thing they do is when you stop booking, oh, you got to get new headshots. Yep. Instead of saying we can't get anything, it's just your fault. It's something about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we got to get new headshots, man. You know, it's just Hollywood is a machine, and, and it will depress you. I, I've been there. I'm not depressed now, I don't think. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, you know, speaking of that, I mean, yes, we've all been through that, but um, you said you, that, uh, I couldn't believe you said that. You were actually in um, in a rent-a-wreck, and you lived in your car? For three months, yeah. For three months. A little over three months. When I uh, moved from Orlando, when uh, actually I was fired from the club, and um, I called out all my favors. I said, listen, man, I got I need some money because I have, like I think I, at that time I think I had nine hundred dollars cash to my name, mm-hmm. like no bank account. Like I had thirty three dollars, thirty six or thirty three dollars in my bank account. I can't remember mm-hmm. which one it was, mm-hmm. but and I just did a gig and I had nine hundred dollars cash right. to my name. Wow! And I was like, I don't have a job. I don't have money coming in next week. I didn't have you know how you get that final check. I didn't oh. have any of that. Oh yeah. Like I just so I. I through the grace of God, I lined up three months of solid work from Miami to Fort Lauderdale to Tampa to back to Orlando to Atlanta to Evansville, Indiana to Springfield, Missouri to Erie, Pennsylvania to Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, huh. and then drive all the way back downtown, down back down south to do that last show in Miami and then drop the car off. But in that time... And what kind of time period, period was that? Th- three months and some change. Three months, okay. So on through that time... Because you lived in your car while driving around to all those cities. Calling out every favors. Uh, I would like, you know, in Atlanta, I slept on one of my buddy's couches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like call some comedy clubs that I'd never worked before. and be like, hey, do you have a condo? I'm a comedian. Can I just crash on the couch because I can't afford a hotel? <clears> They'll let me do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I would just sleep in truck stops, and the truck drivers would knock on the door. Hey, man, hey, you can't, no, no, you, all these fumes, you can't. Because I was wondering why I was having wow. headaches. I didn't know. Right. They said, dude, this is not, you'll die. And I was like, wow. Because the truck, they had heat, so you didn't have to have mm-hmm. the car running. That's right. So then I would have to pull somewhere else, and 
like I was telling you, I remember some days, man, where dinner would be a bag of chips from a vending machine and some water. And then some days, water, my dinner was water. You would actually go to a truck stop and turn the faucet on in the bathroom and just drink as much as you can. To that's, fill you up. That's all I ate that whole day. Hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I thought I had it bad sometimes. Well, you know, the crazy thing about it is one of my favorite moments happened just last year. Like, during that time in 2002, I, um, actually, this was 2003 at the time, I was in Columbia, South Carolina, and I had been driving, and I had been, I had probably been driving for, like, maybe 12 hours, and I was tired, and I was like, I'm not going to pull over one of these truck stops, man, because this was, like, this was probably September. This was probably mm-hmm. September, where the weather starts to change. Right. Like, during the day, it'll be 60, right. but at night, it drops to the 40s, and right. I was like, man, I'm not going to, I don't want to sleep in another truck stop, because you turn the car on, you turn the heat up, and it gets really hot, right. and then you turn the car off, and then you go to sleep, and then, like, maybe an hour or two, you wake up later, and you're just, like, in a full shiver, you're just shaking, yeah. yep. you got to turn the heat on and warm yep. up again, and because you, you, I learned that you can't leave the car running, one, you waste gas, the money right. you don't have, right. two, the fumes is killing me, and I didn't know that. Huh. So, I saw this hotel, motel. And it said thirty no it said thirty nine ninety nine. And they had cable and no no twenty nine ninety nine uh-huh. for a motel. And I was like And I was like, yo, I gotta So I pulled up in there and I checked in there, man. This is the worst motel, man. The the mattress is like sleeping on this floor right here. But it was better than that car. And I slept so man, I remember Actually getting undressed and getting in my underwear. I had the right. heat on, man. Right. The bat, the faucet was right there so I could drink as much water as I wanted, right. man. And it was just like, I was balling <laughs> out, man. I'm drinking water. Every time I turn around, like, let me eat again. I just turn the faucet on and drink some more water. <laughs> and I'm sitting in, I'm watching TV. And the next morning I got up and I drove to, I think it was uh, Springfield, Missouri, or I can't remember where I went after that. And this year, no, we were, no, no, we're in April. So last year, I get booked at the Columbia House, South Carolina, mm-hmm. 13 years later. It's not even clicking in my head. I have in my contract with Gersh. Really? I, the same? The same. But no, no, but check this out. I have in my contract that I'm, I'm supposed to be in a, a four-star or five-star hotel. It's in my contract. Mm-hmm. But the Columbia, South Carolina Gamecocks had a big game in town. So every hotel was sold out. Mm. So they're like, we're going to put you in this uh, this uh, motel on the other side. I'm like, I'm not standing on motel, dude. I worked hard. Right. On, I'm my arrogant ass. I'm like, I want a syndicated radio <laughs> show. I'm not right. staying in no motel. <laughs> right. They say, no, it's been renovated. And then I'm like, oh, forget it, because I got to work. So I need, I need some sleep, and I got two shows tonight. So right. I go there, and as I pull into the parking lot, I'm looking, and I'm like, it was deja vu. I was like, yeah, memories. this was the motel that I stayed in. 12 years ago that was horrible so now I'm angry I'm yeah. like they're not putting me in this because now I'm going backwards Yeah. but the guy's like it's been renovated it's a microtel now Okay. so I pull in there man and we get to the front desk and he drops me off he's like alright the car will pick you up in a couple hours and I'm at the counter and I'm just looking around and the lady behind the counter she's looking at me like she's like everything okay baby because I had tears in my eyes like, oh, wow. because I remember staying there 13 yeah. years ago yeah. but it looked so nice now you know yeah. and she's like so breakfast is at so in the morning I remember I can eat can and it took me back to you know I mean I'm not hurting yeah. for no money no more right. but it took me right back to then like wow I can eat in the morning 
Right, but right, I eat every right. day, so why am I feeling this way? Right, right. So I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes, and she's like, are right. you okay, baby? He's like, these memories, like, oh my right. God, I can eat? Wow. Oh. So y'all have food and you not just food? water? Yeah. Man, I remember getting up to the room, man, and I unpacked my bag, and I was just sitting there, and I was on the phone with a friend of mine, and I just couldn't stop laughing. Oh, and I was like, man. dude, this hotel is so nice now. It's a micro tell. This Make is like tell. a two-star, you know. <laughs> right. Here I am telling my agent, damn it, I want a four-star. But it, I was yeah. comfortable. Yeah. And I was just sitting there and I was just saying, like, dude, this used to be a, a, a dude in the booty inn, whatever it used to be back <laughs> in the day, for $29.99. And now it was uh, $120 to stay there. Wow. And it just re- it reminded me of back where I was and how far I've come. So, That's amazing. You know, I did. One of the things in my book, eh, I wrote a book, What's a Little Wind, is everyone the audience knows that um, there's a chapter called uh, The No Home Man. And um, and uh, it kind of reminds me about, uh, it's not all about money, you know? It's about health and, and family exactly. and friends and people, just, they, they just don't get it. And that was two years ago, I was just uh, at, a, at a job and I was kind of bummed out and I was making a lot of money and things and I needed a second job. And so I was selling these these tickets to go to the theater, mm-hmm. okay? Um, you know, Geffen Theater and so on, Geffen Playhouse and all that. So bottom line is I get bummed out, and I'm not making any money here. I'm making maybe 8 bucks an hour if I'm lucky. Go outside, check on my car, walk down the street, and I see this homeless man. And uh, all these people are walking by him. You know, the $400 suits, and you got the... Uh, you know, $200, you know, beautiful shoes that these girls wear and all that. And they just were staring at him. And they weren't really helping him. So I, I walk over there and I'm looking at him. I'm thinking about my mom, you know, always telling me these things since I was, you know, five, six years old. I was going to take care of people and, and all that. And I was looking at him and I, I go, how you doing, sir? And he was all gruffy, long beard, you know. He had a shopping cart and things like that. And I go, you doing all this? Okay, sir. And he just looks at me. He goes, uh, 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 uh. I go, he couldn't really talk. And I, I felt bad. I said, you need any help anything? And he goes, no, uh, uh, you couldn't talk. So I go, gosh, look at him. I go, so I took out a $5 bill. I said, a little bit of money I had, you know. And then you know, bummed out, freaking out about life and business and work, work, and gave him a $5 bill. And he was, like, so happy that I gave it to him. And he just kind of looked at me and went you know, like this. And he sat down and he said, well, hope you use it well, sir, and hope everything goes well. You know, and then um, I walked. It was a beautiful day in May, like 90 degrees. We were on Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks. I mm-hmm. still remember, like, yesterday. And I'm walking down the street, and these tears came out of my eyes. I don't know why, just these tears came out of my eyes, thinking, boy, I helped him, you know, helped a man with just a little bit of money. It would make me feel so good. Mm-hmm. And I just thought about that with my mom and everything, always saying that. And, uh, and you know, just looking up and going, oh, man, <laughs> I can't believe that I feel like this. And I ended up going back to work, and I worked another few hours. Went back home at nighttime work at my other job, and... I'm gone. The karma thing comes in, Steve. You know, I work at my other job, and that pays a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. And I sold the deal, and I made like $500. Wow. 
kind of deal. And it's like, and didn't expect it at all. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> right. You know? Uh-huh. And it's like, man, you know, it's just uh, it's freaking amazing. And it seems like every time people do things like that, uh, you give out money or you help people right. or, you know, whatever, pray, you know, things like that, it always ends up coming back to you in, the, in, in a good way. Right. And not that you do things to get things back, but if it's from a genuine place. Right. Because that's my prayer every night that I, I say, Father, first of all, I say I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and I know he died for my sins. And then I say, uh, I pray that we all, I, I send up prayers so blessings come down for all my family and friends. I said, I pray that mm-hmm. when Me we too. all get closer to you, not you, I'm talking about God, and because uh, you looked at me strange, like, wow, all your friends want to get closer to me with my podcast. Oh, thank you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I want the whole world to and, get close to me. <laughs> and second, uh, wow, that's hilarious. Somebody's calling me from Orlando. We were just talking about it. Um, uh, 407. No, that was a 321. Oh, 321. Yeah. Okay. Uh, second, I said, first, they get closer to you. Second, then I pray for their health. And then I pray for their finances because, you, you know, you can say whatever you want in America. You know, finances are key. So, yeah, you know, so. Well, I that's quite true. People always say, money can't buy happiness. I said, well, yeah, that's what broke people say. No, <laughs> money does buy you. Don't let them trick you. Right. It, do, yeah, it does. It does buy <laughs> it happiness. Does. As long as you use it to, to, you know, like help others or to follow your dreams, you know. Exactly. Not the big boats and the big, you know, things. Right, right. And, you yeah, know, no. the, of course, it's nice to have that and all that. But, you know, to use it, uh, uh, nothing like that, you know, and, um really quick story, you know, on, on that, since we're kind of talking about the spiritual and, and money and things. Uh, I, I listened to uh, uh, Success Magazine. I, they have a CD and DVD that comes with it. Mm-hmm. I had it for like, God, six, seven years. It's the best 30 bucks a year I ever spent Get Success Magazine. Very inspirational, positive story. And um, basically, one of the stories I read is that uh, this gentleman uh, sold a Microsoft company at uh, with the software and so on, for like three hundred million dollars. Wow, that's insane! And he went out with his wife and kids. He bought the mansion. He bought the private jet. He bought the boat, the yacht, traveled the world, on and on, for two, three years. And then he was going to got a call from one of his friends. And said, I forgot his name, Joe. He said, would you like to come down to Africa and help out some needy kids that need medical assistance? And he said, really? Really? You want me to do that? Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, okay, I, I guess so. I'm going to leave my vacations, leave my yacht, and leave all this kind of thing. All right, I'll come down there. So he flies down there with a bunch of uh, people, and uh, the kids were crippled, and they needed wheelchairs. Wow. But they didn't have any money, you know, and they were in medicine or anything like that. But uh, this gentleman ended up donating $100,000 wow. for this, which is obviously nothing to him. And uh, they bought wheelchairs and all these great things, these kids. And the kids came up to him, and he started crying. And he said, thank you so much for helping us out. We can walk now. We can go things now. We can go in a wheelchair and travel around and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And that gentleman went up to his friend who invited him down there. And he said, he says, well, how do you feel? He goes, I'll be honest with you. I feel more happy doing this than the yachts and the boats and the, and the, and the mansions. How about that? Isn't that amazing? No, that is. It True is. story. Wow. True story. Yeah. I hear stories like that all the time. Wow. And that was just like, that stuck in my mind. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty incredible. So, um, yeah, that's the thing. Now, that's, you know, you also said that um, you had kidney stones and, and oh, man. things. Oh, man, yeah. There's, uh, now, I actually talk about that on stage. That's a, uh, Do you? <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the craziest thing, man, because uh, uh, if you drink a lot of uh, coffee, mm -hmm. caffeine, like soda, coffee, if you have beer, milk, and what was the other one? It was beer, milk, soda. And coffee, and it was five. They said, well, I have to cut mm -hmm. back on. So I cut all of them out of my life. Like, I drink almond milk now. I don't drink really? any beer. I only drink wine. Uh-huh. I might have a soda sporadically, not as much as I used to drink all the time. Right. And and I, I cut coffee totally out. So one time we're performing down in Dallas, Texas, uh, me, D.L. Hughley, and, and in the middle of the night, no, first it started off, uh, I couldn't stop vomiting. Now, I had a flight that I had to take hmm. the next morning, but I called my mother. I was like, something ain't right. I've been throwing up like crazy. Wow. And I mean, like, it's like bad, bad, bad. And she's like, not like your regular vomit. And my mother was like, well, if you don't feel good, then don't, you know, get on the plane in the morning. So I get up the next morning, and I feel normal. So we go to Dallas. We do the show Friday night, two shows. No mm -hmm. problem. I get back to the hotel room, and it starts again. But I mean, like, to the point where it's so bad that I'm passing out. Huh. Like, I wake up, and I don't know what's going on, and it's, like, the worst pain ever. Wow. So I'm, I don't know how your body knows to do this, but I got in the tub and just mm. got in some water. Because mm. not knowing that when you lay down in the water, you know, your muscles and all your organs, they, they spread out. Right. So the kidney stone could travel, you know. Oh. So I'm laying down. I so I didn't know that that was easing the pain. Mm -hmm. So I get up get back in the bed and get about normal and everything contracts to as normal and then the pain started and I start vomiting blood and I'm wow. I'm urinating blood and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Wow. And then I pass out again. So I wake up Saturday morning and something's not right. But I feel normal. Mm -hmm. So I call the front desk and says, uh, I think I want to call an ambulance. The lady's panicking like, what's going on? Because you sound, what's going on? And I was like, something's not right. So she said, "There's a instead of going to the emergency room on a Saturday, it's going to be crazy. Right. She said, there's a doctor's office around the corner. Don't get in an ambulance. Take a taxi. Mm. She said, you sound normal. Yeah. So I get in a taxi, and I go to the doctor's office, and the lady examines me for five minutes, and she calls 911. Hmm. And I'm like, what the, what the hell is going <laughs> on, you know? She's like, either one or two things, and they're not good. She said, either your appendix is about, appendix is about to explode, and that's not going to be good for you, or you're about to go through the worst pain in your life. And I'm like, what? hey, that's not good either way. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I look out the window and I see my taxi. Situation. Right. So I see the taxi still there. I'm like, I'm not waiting on the ambulance. I'm getting <laughs> in the taxi right now. And she's like, uh, uh, because you get might have kidney stones. So I'm like, all right. So I jump in the taxi and I go to Dallas Presbyterian. She gives me a note. When I walk in the emergency room, when I tell you it's packed, 
Wow. And they took me to the front of the line, yeah, put me in a wheelchair, in. and took yeah. me in the back. Yeah. And they did, uh, like, a pregnant woman, they put the, the, the jelly on my stomach yeah. and ran. <laughs> and then on the side. And then they, a they pregnant did, man's right, coming they, in. Uh, you know, and then they, I did the EKG. Don't listen to him. He's a comedian. Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the x-rays. <laughs> and then uh, the doctor came back, and he's like, yeah, you have uh, kidney stones. And he's like, it's going to be bad. Because the hours were peeing blood anyway. Cause how, I long, how long ago was this? 2009. Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so they put me on painkillers and stuff for nausea, nausea medicine, and then some stuff to dissolve it. And I was on like four different medications, but it was horrific. Wow. Yeah. Because even on a pain medication, you can still feel it, and then you have to pass it. Yeah. I heard it's really, really oh, it's oh man, it's worse than they say it's worse worse than childbirth. Yeah, I had a friend just had one a couple months ago, and he said, John, it's the worst. Feeling Dude. on earth, it's like having a kid times ten. I would not wish it on my worst enemy. Yeah, man, wow. I wouldn't wish it on Saddam Hussein or uh, Osama <laughs> bin Laden. Right. I wouldn't wish it on you name the the worst people in our right. time. Hitler. Right. I wouldn't even wish it on Hitler. <laughs> oh gosh. I wouldn't wish it on you name the worst person in our time. I wouldn't <laughs> worst wish that on them. That's how man. bad it is. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's it's. That's bad. You gotta wear all. You gotta wear all dark color underwear because you're leaking. And oh, God. I was spotting like I'm a woman. I'm like, oh my God! I think my friend is coming in town. I'm spotting. <laughs> you know. Good thing is I'm not pregnant. You know. So, uh, <laughs> what's that? What's that stain on there, Steve? <laughs> right. uh, nothing really. It's just uh, <laughs> right. you know, I forgot to wash it. I'm sorry. You know. And it's so embarrassing because you go in the bathroom and people think you got a venereal disease because <laughs> you go to pee and you got your hand up against the wall like, oh, oh, and they're all like, oh God, somebody had a crazy night last night. So, so. Exactly. It was bad. <laughs> the crazy night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's funny. So, have you um, any really another really bad story that had kind of happened to you? I mean, those are two bad right there. You trying to make me cry? What are you, Oprah? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Steve. No, that's basically some of the the, the worst things. I had a, a with love. I met this girl when I used to open up for the singer named Brian McKnight, R and B singer. Oh yeah. Yes. And uh, I met this girl, and we, you know, had a little one. That, here's the thing about Brian McKnight. Well, I don't know if I should put his business out there because he was married. Actually, he's divorced now. Uh, okay. So, at the end of the show, you know, when you're an R&B singer, you get to the tour bus. There's a line of women waiting to get on the bus to do their duty. That's what groupies do. Right. And any women that can't make it on the bus always go for the opening act. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. Right, so right. I meet this girl, and she comes back to the hotel, and we have a wonderful time. It was so good. I'm like. This is not going to be a one-night stand. I'm going to keep in touch with you. So cut to three months later, I just happened to be working at the Columbus Funny Bone where she lives. So I go back there. We spend the entire weekend together, Thursday mm-hmm. through Sunday, just mm-hmm. like kids having a great time. Mm-hmm. So uh, over the next six months to a year, we start, you know, I would fly her to every city that I'm going to, every other, not every city because I wasn't rich like that, but right, right. once a month, let's say. Right, you know? right, right. And then we kept in touch on the phone. So it cut to the point where I was like, you know what, you know, we should really start dating. You should move to Buffalo and <laughs> I'll help you find an apartment and, you know, we can see if we can get us a shot. She was like, let's do this. So I get wow. my I get my buddies, Byron, Moan, and Thicky Smalls, and we get in the car and we drive down there to go get my future girlfriend. Wow. And her grandmother's like, oh, I'm so glad that you're getting away from all of this. I'm not, you have to listen to the story now because I didn't yeah. know what this meant. I'm so glad you're getting away from all of this and everything. I'm just so happy that you, you, she, she found a good dude. So we moved down to Buffalo and we come back. Day one, 
day, day one. one. <laughs> now, I used to live in the hood. Now, everybody knows if you live in the hood, no matter where you are in the country, there's certain people you don't mess with. Right. Because it's the hood, and they'll kill you and, and, and beat your grandmother up when she leaving bingo because right. it's the hood. Right. So she said, I need to smoke a cigarette. I'm on the couch. I'm watching the Lakers. I'm like, go ahead. So she goes on the porch, and I hear this big commotion outside and arguing. So I get up because I got to protect my baby. Mm -hmm. Let me get her away from whatever these fools out there doing. Mm -hmm. And I get out there, and she's the one arguing <sighs> with the biggest drug dealer in my neighborhood oh, telling him geez. he can't sell drugs in front of my house. <sighs> and he's like, you better get her before I shoot her. So I bring her in the oh, house, yeah. and we get in this huge argument because she said I didn't protect her. I'm like, but baby, don't you understand? You don't. Yeah. Cut to, we're laying on the couch. We just had sex. <laughs> I'm very happy. Lakers on. Got a bag of potato chips and a Pepsi and a naked woman laying next to me. <laughs> Life is great. And she starts crying, telling me how I'm the best guy she ever dated. And I was like, yeah, I want to be the best guy, you know? Right, right, right. And she was like, you know, because uh, back in the day when my pimp used to beat me. And I'm like. <laughs> my pimp used and to I was like, me. <laughs> And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, she knows I'm a comedian. This is funny. <laughs> And I look right. over, but she has tears in her eyes. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's serious. <laughs> uh -oh. And she's like, you know, because, you know, and, you know, you know, I'm glad I got my life together, you know, because now I don't smoke crack anymore. And I'm like, crack in a pimp? <laughs> and she then after that, she says, you know, my grandmother told me I should take a chance on you. I knew I shouldn't have left Ohio because I got three felonies and I'm not supposed to leave the state. And I'm oh, like, oh, God. <laughs> this is the woman Ten, I chose. Three felonies, can't leave the state. And crackhead. <laughs> crackhead. Yeah. Oh, so I, I started an argument and put her on a Greyhound and moved her back to Ohio. Oh, man. How long were you with her? We, I mean, that day. No, I mean. Over that course, probably, I mean, uh, well, on and off for a year. We never really okay. committed, you okay, know. Yeah. You know? Wow, that's incredible, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know how that is. Is that damaged <laughs> enough for you, John? Is yeah, that enough for you? Enough, okay. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the good news, man. You what? go, you know, you, you make us laugh. Starting at nine years old, you great mom, you know, and 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 you know, you went through these, then you started to go through these hard times, and then you know, at the uh, as your career gets better and better. You end up being on a show with your friend, D.L. Mm -hmm. Hewley. Yeah. Um, and you'd known him for quite a while, you well, said? I've known uh, D.L. since like maybe 90, 91. And wow. Then, and about, I say, I say 1998, we worked together. We hadn't seen each other in a while, like maybe mm -hmm. seven years. And uh, actually, because they asked me, the, the Buffalo Funny Bone said, who do you think we should bring in? Should we bring in Jamie Foxx or D.L. Hughley? And I said, my life could have been different if I had said Jamie Foxx, but I said D.L. Hughley. Right. So they bring him in, and we hit it off. We had uh -huh. talked in a while. We was hanging. We had a good time. Wow. And then cut to, um, he just kept asking me, why don't you come out on the road with me? And I'm like, dude, I don't want to open up for nobody. I'm trying to carve my own lane. Right. And money got tight, so I called, like, hey, man, you still got that opening? <laughs> right. And 2009, he offered me the job to be the co-host of the morning show on Kiss FM in New York. Oh. And we had that for, you know, a year and a half and it was it was it was cool. Oh, wow. But then it went away because the syndicator just didn't have the money to pay him. Oh. And then two years later, when I thought it was all over and said I would never do radio again because I'm not falling for that anymore, mm -hmm. um, we got a syndicated radio show. Hmm. And now we're on in fifty eight cities. That's great. Yeah. 
That's freaking amazing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I told you, I, I, I met Deal uh, for a few minutes, talked to him, shook his hand at Rocco's. Oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah. over there on Ventura. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I Rocco's. told you, I might have been with him. I know, <laughs> I know. You probably could have been yeah. with him, you probably, know. Probably somewhere over there drunk I know. and didn't realize that he was you. <laughs> I was having a few beers myself, okay, actually. Right. So, you know, I'm watching the, in one of the games, I think it was like Lakers or something it, like it that. It had to be the Lakers. The Lakers. I, was, I was there. Yeah, trust and I'm, me, yeah. I said, oh, it's Dio. He says, hey, hey, though, man, I'm a comedian. Hey, what's up, man? You know, I started talking to stuff, and he's pretty cool, yeah. He's pretty cool. That's great. So, you with Dio, Hughley, and then... Um, I've been with him for uh, the show's been on for four years. He said you've been with him for no, a no, year? no. We've uh, we uh, left that one, and we this one we've been on for a year, year and, and a half. half a okay. syndicated show, yeah. Okay. And we're on Afternoon Drive. Uh, we're with Reach Media, and we're in fifty eight cities. It's just it's it's a, a it's a really cool thing. It's hard to explain because I'm when you love what you do so much. You always feel like a kid. It's hard mm-hmm, to explain mm-hmm. when you go to a city and you walk on stage and people know you. Yeah. You know, you've yeah. worked. I mean, I've been doing this for 28 years. Right. And right. Uh, it's it's easy to work hard to become a headliner. Right. There's a lot of headliners out there, but you're the right. guy that the, it's, it's date night. They don't know who they're coming to see. Right. But when you go somewhere and people came to see you. Mm-hmm. Where they actually got a babysitter, and his right. wife was like, "Baby, we going to see Steve tonight." They forced their man to come out. Right, it's a pretty fly. Right, I can't even describe how it feel. I felt like a child. You're wonderful. Yeah, it's a wonderful when I was, feeling. When I, I yeah. walk because I'm old school. If the show is over, I stand at the door and I shake people's hands and right. say, "Thank you for coming out." Right. And out so of the three hundred people, two hundred was like, "I listen to you every day." Oh wow! And I can't even describe how good that feels. And then they paid you for it. Right, it's amazing. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, Is that it's, great? You get paid for what you would do for free, basically. Right, this is what it is. Yeah, because for you know? yeah, twenty six out of the twenty eight years, I was doing it for free. So that's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's <laughs> true. So yeah. It's true. And now you know, it's, it's like I'm doing this for free. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an amazing. It's an amazing. You you feel like a child. Like you you're actually high. It's better than the the best glass of wine that you can imagine. Any high that you think that you can get, when you work for a goal and you actually reach a part of it, mm-hmm. and you're in that moment, it's not a better high. Right, right. I agree. I agree. There's nothing, nothing better than that. You know. Um, have you? I didn't forget to ask you. Have you done TV shows or films or anything like that? I or? was on a sitcom. Uh, I was a co-star on Samantha Who. Oh, with okay. Christina Applegate and Melissa McCarthy. Oh, okay. One well, uh, was a great time, but uh, every comedy show you can. I was just on um, Comics Unleashed last night. Oh, were you really? And, yeah. And I, I know. I, I know Byron Allen. Yeah. I met him a few times. So. Yeah. Nice guy. So, yeah. So uh, then I just actually. Oh, I'm tripping. But I'm quite sure my publicist didn't even tell you this. Uh, April 24th, I'm going to be on Showtime. Um, uh, the Dice Show. Andrew Dice Clay took his six favorite comedians. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I saw it on T. I saw it. It was gonna. Yeah. It was coming up. But yeah, I'm you know, a token black guy. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh my god! It is wonderful. That is so cool. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna be one. I can't of wait to see that. Man. I can't wait to see it. Uh, the the um the guy uh, Scott. Well, you already put did it. Together. It's just yeah. coming out. It's but I want to see it. You know. It's oh like, yeah. I, I, you know when you. When actually did you shoot, shoot it? You shot it. And we shot this last August. Really? Yeah. That long ago. Yeah. Wow. And it's finally coming out. It took that out. long to freaking Yeah, out. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. And it's coming, you know. You know, you figured you put it in Christmas, you know, like two months, three months. No, no, we like shot eight this. Eight months. 
Yeah, we shot this in August, and uh, and it's finally coming on, and uh, I'm really excited because Showtime also is giving Dice Clay a reality show. So they're saying they're going to use that show to really push him. So he's basically pushing me also. So it's it's a pretty great feeling to have something like that. You know, I've never done Showtime. I've done BET, Comedy Central. Uh, Access TV, the BBC, right. you know, whatever syndicated thing Byron has us on, you know. But right. I've, I've done them all. If you name any show, mm-hmm. I've basically done it, you know. When it comes to comedy wise, but this is gonna be big because it's Showtime, you know. So I'm yeah, so I hung excited. out with uh, Dice Clay, uh, you know, that uh, when his kids were playing at the band. Uh, I was there too. Get out of here! You were there. Yes, when his son yeah, played. Yes, Cindy was, brought me. Yes, I was. Yeah. Hang out. Whoops. I was. Yes, I was hanging out with Cindy and. <laughs> Oh my God! This is so <laughs> we See, hang uh, in the same circles I'm and don't you. even know it. And, and Grace was there, the girl that yes, the, yes, yes. she did. She was did it two weeks ago. Uh, That's it. Friend. Two weeks ago at the little uh, yes, at the uh, the other uh, door. The door. And I was, I was just there. there last night. I was just last night doing karaoke, and it's like. And I'm hanging out there a few weeks ago, oh, and wow. Andrew Dice Clay is there, Steve's there, I didn't even yeah. know. Grace is there, yeah, I forgot she was going to be there. Yeah, and I'm hanging out, there, yeah. and I felt like going up to the Andrew and say, Oh, how right. you doing? Let's <laughs> right. go. Your kids are freaking talented. Right. Oh, you know, that's good. Wow. <laughs> Small oh my world. God, it's so weird. Were you the one sitting in the back? Yeah, the only black dude. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I saw you. How <laughs> do you not know it was me? I saw you. Back I told there. you I was there, so it had to be me, the only black dude there. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I saw you back yeah, there. That was me hanging out. Yeah, I, I did. I guess, yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Keep on hitting this damn. Keep on hitting this damn. Yeah. We'll edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, I keep on doing it because I'm hanging out there, and Andrew's right here, the band's right there, right. and I look behind her. Like, What's that black guy doing? Yeah. Back there? Like, everybody's looking at me like, he must be a fed. Yeah, no. Like you in the hood. I was a snitch there. They're like, no. hello, officer. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> that was me. That's that was crazy. small yeah. world, man. It's yeah. freaking weird. That's so funny. That's amazing. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Um, um, wrap it up in a nice little boat. So, Steve, you know, it's, uh, you had some wonderful stories and... Um, you know, we have a lot of people listening to the podcast. Of course, it's uh, Comics Karma. It's uh, laughing, learning, and living is what it's all about. Can I shout out and, my social uh, media? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. For everyone listening, you can check me out on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at iStevewilson or on Facebook, both of my pages, uh, Comedian Steve Wilson or Steve Wilson Comedy. And my website is stevewilsoncomedy.com. And you can also listen to me every day, Monday through Friday, on the D.L. Hughley Show. You can go to dlhugleyshow.com, click on Listen Live, and there you have it. It's me. <laughs> there you go. Also, April 24th on Showtime, the Dice Club. That's Di- right. Andrew Dice Clay, me, the token black guy on the show. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so what do you have to say to the uh, people listening in the audience? And um, uh, do you have anything to inspire them, even though you've inspired them with pretty amazing things that you've gotten through, just the credits that, that you said? But um, is there anything else that you want to say to them to leave I, it off and give them something to think about? Yeah, I will say whatever you're going through in your life right now, I know it's hard to see it because you're in the storm right now. But trust me, every storm comes to an end. Everyone. Everything has a beginning and everything has an end. If you just 
I know that like when you're in that storm right now, it's very, very hard. I mm-hmm. get it. I've been there. I've, I'm, I've been rock bottom, and I've been, you know, in the middle. So whatever you're going through right now, just know that it gets better. Just hang on. If you can just hang on a little bit longer. I know somebody out there that want to give up right now. Like, I'm just done. I'm, yeah. Whatever you're Very going common. through, just, common, just yeah. hang on a little bit longer, and I promise you it'll get better. Like, it's all, they always say, as dark as just before dawn. Mm-hmm. Always. Just before the sun starts to come up, that's when it's the darkest. And then all of a sudden you look over, and it'll peek through. And if you give it another 15 minutes, you'll see a little bit more sun. If you give it some more, everything just takes a little bit of time. If you hold on, you'll get there. It might not. I, I remember my mother always used to say, you just hold it. God has his own clock. You know, you can't put things on your time and think, you know. Absolutely right. You know, well, that's absolutely right. And uh, that's a great saying that I've been saying the past few weeks, you know, uh, to people and, and to myself once in a while that, um, you know, God opens one door and right. closes another, you know. And, just uh, hold and on. Just, I promise just, you it gets better. Everything happens for a reason. Right. Everything happens for a reason. And when you look back, it's like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. why. Your life, is, your life is a birthing pain. You ever see your, your, uh, a child being born, how horrible and terrible it looks, but then as soon as it's done, something beautiful there. Right. That's what life is. Like right. you go through, sometimes you go through those birthing pains. And sometimes when people just say, why, why me, why me? You know why? Because it's your turn. That's all. Right. That's all. Yeah, that's... It's your turn. That's, that's how life is. I mean, there's nobody that has the perfect life. Nobody. Yeah, you're right. And if it is, I want to meet this fool so I can do something to mess it up because <laughs> it's not fair that they got the perfect life. I know, I know, right? right? But just, yeah, I just... Know. I like to... Before I know we about to get out of here, but... Uh, yeah. Two days ago when I was just hanging out in New York City, me and my buddy mm-hmm. Gary was hanging down in Tribeca looking over the water. And we were smoking a cigar and we just watched people jog. And I was like, I like to people watch just to figure mm-hmm. out what's going on in that person's life right now. Yeah. I might not ever see that person ever again because they're running by me. Right. But what's going on? You know something is there. There's yeah. a story yeah. there you just don't know. Yeah. Because you're caught up in your own world. Like, why me? Why me? Right. There are people downtown L.A. right now that, that can't eat. So yeah. whatever you're going through, trust me, it'll get better. Exactly. That's the whole thing is that uh, that's what my book, uh, What's a Little Wind dot com. That you promised me you was going to give me, but I don't see one here, but I'm not snitching on you. Oh, it's right there. It's behind. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you. It's, it's right under oh, there. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm trying to throw him under the bus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, yeah, my book and uh, what's a little one dot com is it, you know it's a perspective on life basically and um, you know uh, it's it's about a, a Holocaust survivor that w- w- I talked to and mm-hmm. he didn't care about Hurricane Andrew coming back in 1992 and I said why and he goes you know what it was many years ago son I go no he goes Auschwitz I go oh and he goes and he looks at me with a twinkle in his eye and he goes yeah that's a little wind. What's a little wind? That's what he said compared wow. to what he went through. How about that? Exactly. So the whole perspective is uh, the, the No Home Man, I told you, is one of the chapters. And we had a lot of great things about me working with Jay Leno and a few other people and uh, being around the industry like you have a long time. We have a lot in common. Orlando, Miami, Rochester, Buffalo. Crazy. Did clubs there in Buffalo. Yeah. Just hung out the it's, other night and didn't even know amazing. it two weeks ago. I know. And a couple weeks ago, hanging out, we didn't even know. <laughs> it's been amazing. 
But uh, Steve, thank you so much for coming, man. You're thank you're, you for you're having amazing. Me. You know, thank you really, for having me. Really, one of the best guests I've had, and and um, and that's just, not a compliment. You said you only had six shows. Wait a minute, what the hell? <laughs> you're the best you, guest I've you had. You don't six have shows. much to pull from. I mean, like, if you've been on for two hundred episodes, I'm like, yeah, this is all right. That's a compliment. <laughs> all right, damn it, There's six shows you got, okay? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it was really wonderful, and um, folks, we will see you at again. Um, probably next week we'll have another uh, comedian coming aboard to go Comics Karma and tell you how to laugh, learn, and live. Again, this is John Perinci, and we will see you next time on ComicsKarma.com. Thank you. God bless. Mm-hmm.